DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. It's time to welcome in Greg Hansen, sports columnist for the Arizona Daily Star. He joins us on the Smart Rain guest line. It's no secret that Utah's in an extreme drought. That's why Smart Rain is a solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation. Find out more at smartrain.net. Greg, good morning. Hey, what are you guys doing up so early? <laughs> Getting paid. Well, not as early as you. You're an hour behind us. so the great thing about you visiting you've been on the show many times is that for the first time in a long time i don't think pk is going to ask you when arizona is going to switch basketball coaches yeah they uh they hit a home run in terms of uh attitude and perception and and hard work and uh everything they're ready to roll now this guy tommy lloyd is a recruiter extraordinaire uh and using Arizona's platform, he, he's got a shot to uh, really take it to the highest level. Yeah, I've been around Tommy many times, and I know people who've been around him, haven't covered college basketball for a long time, and everybody's excited for him uh, to see what he can do. Obviously, he was Mark Few's right-hand man at a very extremely highly successful program. And so, yeah, it looks like it's a good hire. Well, I thought Sean Miller was a good hire, too, and maybe got away from him a little bit. But yeah, uh, I thought it was a good hire. So I guess the question is, is everyone just looking ahead to basketball season and they're just going to ignore the football team while it rebuilds? Or is there a little bit of uh, interest and energy around the football team and there'll be a lot of Wildcat fans in Las Vegas for the opener with BYU? Yeah. This Jed Fish guy is it's kind of like a Seinfeld episode where he does the opposite because what he normally did didn't work, so he did the opposite and he Suddenly, was dating beautiful women. <laughs> Jed Fish is totally the opposite of their last two coaches, Rich Rod and Kevin Sumlin. He is nothing but a bolt of energy and all positivity. And I mean, they had a, a, a their, their final training camp scrimmage Saturday night, and he had a DJ and music and everything like that. And they had eight thousand students showed up, and it was all because Jed Fish doesn't stop trying to recruit people and stir up interest and it's they haven't had something like that in U of A football for decades he's obviously they don't have the talent yet but much much better than they were the last three years and I mean I, I think they're going to be okay alright well we'll see what happens there uh, doing my research on the program was down at Pac-12 Media Day we broadcast down there, yeah. so I uh, did a whole bunch of stuff on each of the teams. You know, they got the three quarterbacks. Uh, Plummer was there last year, and then Jordan McLeod, a transfer, Gunnar Cruz, a transfer, and I don't know what's going to happen, but it looks like, just looking at stuff, that Cruz is going to be the starter. If that's the case, what do you think of that? You know, he, he's not going to take you anywhere yet. Um, he, he was back up in Washington State as a true freshman last year, but He's almost surely won the training camp competition. Um, and today they're going to announce the starting quarterback, and it's it's him. And uh, he was a you know he was almost a four star recruit out of Phoenix, and Mike Leach took him to Washington State, and he's got an upside. And so that's a future. The kid from South Florida had really good stats at South Florida, but he got here late. He didn't transfer until. I think July, so he hasn't been able to catch up. And, you know, they've, they've, they've got to play close or beat BYU in the opener to 
to have a shot at winning like four or five games, I think. And the rest of their team is, is isn't that bad. It's nowhere near as bad as it's been. And they're energized. They have an energy that um, they haven't had. You know, Kevin Selman just melded in. Didn't even know what city he was living in. And uh, <laughs> Rich Rod was just too old-fashioned, didn't change. And, you know, he went down with the ship. And now suddenly they've got a new commander and, yeah, he surrounded himself with the coaching staff. I mean, I've been following the Pac-10 since it started in 1978. Arizona's got a coaching staff that ranks with anybody in those 50 years almost. Um, he hired Pete Carroll's son away from the Seahawks. And for him to come to Arizona, he could have jumped off anywhere in his attempt to become a college head coach. But he believed in fish, apparently. And he's their offensive coordinator, and he is a personality and a energizer bunny and their defensive coordinator hired away from michigan don brown and, and he's a you could do a tv uh, series sitcom on him he's just nothing but but uh, voltage and it was just a total change so if you've got a quarterback who is the guy but you can't win with him yet how much does he get turned loose in the opener against byu what does the game plan look like what do they do with him Boy, that's the question. That's a real good question. Um, I'm thinking Arizona's hoping BYU approaches it the same way with their new quarterback. Um, Arizona's got a, got a useful offensive line. That's probably the, the strongest area of their team. So, you know, they're playing under center a lot. Um, they're not a shotgun uh, passing circus. They think they can overpower you sometimes. And I think that's what they'll do. They have two capable running backs and they have about five everybody else has five good receivers too but Arizona has four or five good ones so I, I think they'll be tough I think they'll hang with BYU um, all the way interesting I know that uh, speaking to the offensive coaches at BYU that you already brought this up with Brown coming over uh, and one of their guys was telling me that they viewed Don Brown as one of the best defensive coordinators in college football for a real long time. Uh, and they believe that from, from the BYU perspective, if they're not ready to go, they're going to have some trouble because they just believe in Brown that much. Defensively, you know, a lot of guys that for the Cats, they had, uh, I think they had like 16 guys transfer out, nine guys transfer in. So you got a lot of new bodies. Mm-hmm. But defensively, how good do you think they can be? Uh, they've got size now on the defensive line, which they haven't had for almost 10 years. Um, their linebacking crew is, they're like all, they were like first team all. Matt Conference at like Bowling Green, Western Michigan, and Ball State. So that's an improvement on what they have. They've got two really good cornerbacks, probably who could play for almost anybody in the league. And um, at Don Brown, when when he has a press session, a Q and A session, it's like he makes you want to suit up and go out there and play. <laughs> He's just something a school, a mid-level school like Arizona, needs to have guy who can make a difference with his energy until he can recruit better. And maybe it's easy to say that on August 24th or something, but they're so much different than they have been in the last three or four years. They'll at least try hard. So I don't know how much they let you see, and they don't do much tackling anymore. 
uh, because they're trying to keep everybody healthy. But the one defining memory I have of Arizona football is no matter how good the athletes are, no matter how big or fast or whatever their stars, they didn't. They missed tackles and they they missed tackles in space. They had guys running through arm tackles. Do you have any indication of how much that has changed? Well. Fish was totally transparent in the month of training camp. You could go to every practice, talk to anybody you wanted, talk to any assistant you wanted. And um, so the players talk in terms of, well, Don Brown himself said, I heard him several times, you know, we're, we're a blitz team, we're a run and hit team, and if, but if you can't take a tackle, you can't play. So he must, he obviously saw that in the film in the first you know, 10 minutes that he watched films of their previous teams. So maybe they have tougher guys now, or at least a tougher mindset. They've got a pass rusher and a defensive end named Jalen Harris, who's going to be an NFL player. And they haven't had an NFL defensive player who's big and strong and can make a difference for Teddy Bruschi almost. Anthony Bandy at linebacker, one of the better linebackers yeah. uh, in the conference, wouldn't you say? Yeah, and he's an old guy too. I think this is his sixth year, and he's a, he's big and sturdy. And he was one of the few guys they had in the last two years who could hold his own. So if he if he steps forward and as a leader, you know that they're not going to go two and ten or three and nine. And I know there's not much difference between four and seven or five. I mean, four and eight and five or seven, but. This isn't a three and nine team unless they have a lot of injuries. So when you were talking about uh, Arizona's quarterback and, and the play call in the opener, you said, you know, what will BYU do with their guy? I think that they're going to be pretty aggressive. Um, and we yeah. played some stuff this morning with the offensive coordinator at his availability Saturday. Aaron Roderick was going through the receivers he really liked, and they got BYU game two, or BYU has Utah at home game two, so they have really got to hit the ground running with these games right out of the out of the gate here. So, is Arizona's secondary? Is there enough depth in Arizona's secondary to handle three or four wide receivers coming at them play after play after play? Uh. As I mentioned, their two cornerbacks are solid, can play anywhere. Um, I guess a lot of it depends on what pressure they can get on the quarterback. That remains to be seen, obviously. But, uh, you know, I I haven't seen the betting line on the game, but I'm sure BYU's favored by three or four. But I think it would be more like a toss-up. Arizona probably have 20,000 fans there. I'm thinking BYU will have 25,000. So, should be a good setting. Um, maybe BYU will be looking ahead to Utah. When you look at the Cats' situation, I don't know that it couldn't have been any worse. How much of that, uh, this optimism, is simply because of that, that it couldn't have gone any worse and pretty much anybody yeah. who they brought in was going to be a breath of fresh air compared to what they had? Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. The first thing Fish did the first day he was fired because it was a very unpopular hire because he was he's a talker. He, he could have his own talk show. He could be on late night uh, radio or TV. And, you know, he'd worked, he dropped all the names, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, all the guys he'd worked for. And so he'd been a finalist for about every job every year. And he, when Arizona fired him, it just seemed like they were reaching. 
then uh, his first day on the job, he hired the two greatest football players in Arizona history, uh, Chuck Cecil and Ricky Hunley, to be full-time defensive assistant coaches. And they are nothing but energy guys and high-profile guys. And um, that got the community behind him almost instantly. And then he, he stepped it up even from there by not making himself the center of the show and making it about his assistant coaches and their ability to recruit. You know, they have he hired assistant coaches who have 64 years of NFL coaching experience. Um, Hunley and Cecil both had about 12 each. Uh, Cecil was the defensive coordinator to the Tennessee Titans, and Kevin Summer wouldn't touch him. He was afraid of him. Well, Fish isn't afraid of those two guys, so it's just a total, total shift. And maybe I'm getting way too caught up in it, but it just seems promising. Greg Hansen joining us, sports columnist for the Arizona Daily Star. So, the uh, bringing in these older guys, the NFL guys, it, it sounds a little bit like the Arizona State story. Yeah, you're right. Um, and Herm Edwards is kind of just, you know, he's not active in the trenches. And Fish, although Fish is going to call the plays, um, that's probably the difference. Herm Edwards doesn't call the plays. Uh, and Herm Edwards, I, I think the world of Herm Edwards, uh, but apparently now, you know, they, they've got, they're probably all going to get dismissed at year's end, and this is a one, one-year shot for ASU. And I don't know, that's maybe the only comparison you can make. Edwards is in his late 60s and was a big-time player himself in the NFL Fish uh, is in his mid-40s. He was a tennis player, never played a down of football in his life. Well, that's certainly a different parallel, but uh, after 70-7, to seven, I guess those guys can uh, trash talk and get ready for the game. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Count, count it down to that there. one. There's a big billboard between Phoenix and Tucson on, on I-10 that says, Pity the Kitty, and in huge letters, 70-7. to seven. And that's still there. It's been up for about eight months, and that's a driving. I think that's on all their bulletin boards and everything, so that's going to be motivation. Greg Hansen, sports columnist for the Arizona Daily Star. Greg, thanks for checking in with us again. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Good luck. All right. The opener a week from Saturday, BYU's an 11-point favorite in the game. Of course, Fish is a talker. He's a North Jersey dude. Livingston, Jersey, baby. (laughs) Went to the same high school as my sister. (laughs) I know these guys. I'm one of them. (laughs) We can talk. It's what we do. (laughs) So can he pull in enough transfers right away, or is it the rebuild that everybody thinks it is? Or does everyone think that because they're not looking that close at it because it's not that sexy a story and quietly behind the scenes with different rules than existed a decade ago, even five years ago, everything's changed. I think Arizona can have its day and you got to give the man time. I mean, it's, uh, I don't care who you are. You've, he inherited it, just a program that has literally been in, in its worst stage ever. I mean, that, that's saying something, right? It's like when Bronco took it over. Now, they were so – I'm not as close to the situation in Arizona as I was with the U of A. I mean, um, with BYU, there was talent. BYU had talent. They weren't as bad as their record indicated. 
They needed somebody to pull it all together. Bronco did that magnificently and went from 6-6 six and six to winning double-digit games the next three years, four years in a row. One of the greatest coaching jobs ever. Bronco, because people viewed him as weird and stilted and all, I don't think he gets near the credit that he deserves for what he did. It was an absolute phenomenal job. I couldn't have more respect for Bronco. I know some people got worked up about him because he was a little awkward, but as a football coach, I graded him out as A+. He pulled it all together, and he virtually did it overnight, if you look at one season, to go from where he did, where they were, to where they were the second season and what they did subsequently. Incredible. I don't know that Arizona has that talent that has been doormat. You see what I'm saying? So I can't answer that. I look at it on paper, and I sort of agree with what Greg Hansen says. Not completely. And he he acknowledges it. Am I getting caught up in it? Right. Sometimes I get but caught he, up in stuff. We all do. We all do. Um, but uh, you know, he also said, you know, if stuff they had to do, if they're going to win four or five games. Right, their, their which would be a major accomplishment. It would be. Their non-conference schedule isn't that tough. BYU's, BYU, San Diego State, Northern Arizona. So mm. they could they could go one and two. Is what I mean, I'm thinking. Well, that like you said, if they're going to get to four or five wins, well, they got to go at least minimum one and two. Right. Uh, it's a question of what what can they do? Can they pick off two or three wins in conference? If they do that, if they got to two or three wins in conference. That especially if they got the three, if they go three and six, and and the other games are not seventy to seven, that gives them some momentum. This guy's a talker, right? Jersey guys, North Jersey guys, a suburb. It's twenty minutes from New York City. What's the losing? They're talkers. Is it twelve? Yeah, twelve games. Yeah, right. They lost so, seven and then went on five last year. Right. And so if he can get to that, that gives him some serious momentum. I believe Arizona football will have its day under Jed Fish. The question is two things. Does he stay, <laughs> and can they sustain it? Because everybody has their day. If you built, like BYU, they had their day last year. They would have had a good season with or without the schedule changing because they had built up to it. All right, good. You had a good season. Good for you. The Devils have done it plenty of times. It's about having a program, not a good season. That's my question. Can Arizona football have a program? Not a good season. Rich Rod had a good season. Someone was hardly there, so he was out the door in three years, so whatever. And he didn't even know what city he was leaving. I think he, he thought he was in Sierra Vista. Uh, he, he, didn't was, know. he was in Tucson. He took over a 7-6 team. He won five games. He won four games. He won no games. He left. Yeah. It was just straight so it was down. awful. There was right? no anything. They, Fish can get it going. And they, I think they can be competitive against BYU. Because right now, they don't know if they're crappy. <laughs> right? Well, you get to like the middle of October, and you're one in five, and you've been getting hammered. Well, then you're, what, you're, you're, your whole brain and everything about you is telling you, we suck. So that's another story. That's the thing about when BYU gets these teams, they're not in that point yet. They're not beaten down. They still have a lot of enthusiasm. So I suspect Arizona is going to be competitive. I, I believe BYU will win, but I think they'll be competitive. And going forward, they'll be better than they were last year for simply the reason they couldn't be worse. But if BYU gets a score and then BYU gets a turnover, does Arizona's defense run out on the field thinking, here we go again? 
That's that's where it can all get away, and it can be competitive right up until the moment a couple things go against them, and then they could just it could just be a house of cards and fall apart in a second. Because the, the players I don't expect that the players have been I don't expect who Navy have been there have been beaten down. Yeah, yeah well, Navy's, Navy Navy is from the fired up. It's I know, other, and he's got a lot of transfers who don't who aren't going to be wearing all that. Baggage, baggage, yeah, yeah. that negative history. Yeah. That's not a part of their deal. Their transfer is for somewhere else. They didn't live it. And they had eight thousand people, students, and he addressed the crowd, the students, and he told them, "We need to be as loud as bleep." He <laughs> swore. He swore. Well, it's Arizona. They got no standards. You told us that for years. Well, he's a Jersey guy. He's from Jersey guy. He's got a filthy mouth. So it's actually everything you've ever told us about this. It's a it's a match made in. Uh, well, it's a match made in Tucson. He's, uh, I wonder if he has any connection to the Bonanno family, because as you know, they're a big crime family, and they moved to Tucson from the New York area. I did not know that. <laughs> you can look that up. Okay. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. More on Tony Finau's uh, big win coming up in about 35 minutes. Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio, will be here in a little more than half an hour, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.